Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels and I am here with Christopher Moses. And today is Monday, July 31st, 2017. Hi, Chris. Hello, Denise. <laughs> anyway. Oh, sounds so formal. Yes, I know. I, I, I try to make it sound like um, like a little bit of a radio show, you know. <laughs> so anyway, so today we're going to be talking about the major definitions of sanity and insanity for your book. And I want to make clear that these are not definitions like a psychiatrist might give you, but then they might be, right? Mm-hmm. But yep. they're in terms of the workplace and what makes people feel sane and what makes them feel insane. Yes? Yep. yep. Okay. All right. So the first thing we have here on the outline is it says sanity is a place where myth, science, and intellect merge. Tell me more about that. No one's going to hit this recording. Is that correct? What's Hello? that? No one's yes, going to hear this you. recording besides you. Uh, no, just you and me. And I can okay. send you the link if you want it afterwards. Uh, that's okay. No, I think I wrote that on my phone one day when I was at a bar with some friends. And uh, we were just discussing that you know, sanity is out there somewhere. And it's different to everybody. But there's a lot of scientific studies that, that say how people should act, uh, and mm-hmm. some support it, some don't. And then you have to be a really smart person to figure it out. You can't you can't just go with the wind because if you're going with the wind. Then sometimes the wind tells you to do the wrong thing, and you just follow along because you're you're not thinking through the problems. Right, right. But this this idea of myth, science, and intellect is that something that just kind of popped out of your head, or is there some points about that you want to make? No, that that was just a, that was a quote that somebody who's sitting next to me said after our conversation. Ah, okay. So I, I thought it was a cool okay. quote, so I I typed it up. I don't know if we can go anywhere with it, but it was right. Right. I thought it was kind of so, neat. It it is kind of neat. It is kind of neat. So let's see if we can come up with something. Um, how does myth enter into sanity? There's a, I think there's a, a myth out there that it doesn't exist that you go to work and the environments that are there are how it's supposed to be and how you're supposed to spend 40-plus years of your life in the workplace in an insane environment that you you have to deal with the the mean, micromanaging boss or the backstabbing employees. Right. So what you're saying is, is in the workplace, sanity is kind of a myth. Like it doesn't really truly exist. That's correct. That's what... That's what people believe. Okay. All right. And if you could do me a favor, Chris, um, uh, transcribing, if, if, you know, if my clients are, like, mumbly at all, it becomes, like, okay. really Let difficult. Me take you off. Okay. Thanks so I, much. I, I appreciate that. that. I'll take you off my headset. Is that better? 
Yes, much better. Thank you. Sure. And then how do you think science enters into um, um, sanity in the workplace? Well, there's a lot of scientific studies that show that if you treat people a certain way, you work a certain way, you trust folks, that more will get produced, more will get done, and people will be sane. And people will be sane. Okay. So they'll find they'll and, find their sanity. I mean, it's, the the problem is that if you if you look at the Library of Congress, I think the stat is, and let the research says that sixty percent of people never read a book after high school. And then out of those right. people who do read books, ninety uh, percent of them may read one book a year, and most of the time it's a fiction. And then the rest of the people who read a book, the most smart business or or scientific books, to help you become better. There's just such a small percentage of people that actually read books and make things better. That's why when you get to the workforce and less than 1% of your people are reading stuff that are scientific, that improve the work environment, the other 90% don't trust them and don't believe them because there's, they're so locked into either not reading or reading fiction. Right, right. You know what, that was one thing that um, I'm jumping back a little bit to our conversation before I turned on the recorder. Um, Tony Aquila said in that YouTube video, he said, nobody's reading books anymore. They all want to see it, you know, like in video kind of thing. Oh, gee, yeah. And the truth is, is that he's wrong about that. Um, um, Investors Business Daily reported that the book industry increased um, 3% in 2016. Now, that doesn't sound like a heck of a lot, but if for, for a 600-year-old product category, I think it's pretty good. I think you should you know? put that in there, that a leader of a company said that people don't read and all sort of stuff and, and quote the stat. Yeah, there you go. I hope, he I was wrong. Read, <laughs> I, would love, I would love him to read the book and not call him out by name or title, but him know that it's written about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you will find uh, when you go back, and, and once again, we'll jump back forward to Chapter 8 in a second here. But you will find that I don't have like names of people. I mean, I, yeah, I created that. different names. Um, I, I'm just thinking in terms of a legal standpoint. You know, smart. I think for the good things, you can you can mention the names. Like for my boss at Walmart, his name was Coleman. Because you're saying that he was a great boss. Paul Peterson, right? That's right. Right. And then Darren Jackson was the CEO of Advanced Auto Parts. Super nice guy. I think you can say that. For the yeah, idiot yeah. managers, I think you you probably put this claim in the front. All bad managers are All bad managers name. have been <laughs> shielded. Have been renamed. Have been renamed. To, to, protect, yeah. to protect me from positive violence. <laughs> there you go. All right. So we got myth and we got science. Um, you know, when I see the word intellect with that, to me that means sort of like the application of it. But I don't know. What yeah. do you think? I'd say application. That's just using your brain to make things better. Right. right. Okay. An interesting stat when I was at Advanced Auto Parts was we did this really great engagement survey. And those managers had the highest engagement scores tend to be the ones who read, read like business books. Mm-hmm. The ones with the lowest scores were the ones who refused to read and refused to get better. They said, this is the way I am. You have to deal with it. But then their right. employees decide they're not going to deal with it, so they're going to rate you bad. Right, right. Okay. 
All right. So the next thing we have here on the outline is it says sanity is a personal and emotional relationship. How do you think that's so? You have to connect with the people that you work with or that you sell to or whatever your business is. If you don't connect to them, they're not going to either work harder for you, buy more products from you, deal with you, help you. It, but when uh, I was younger and I would and I moved, I could either hire movers for $500 or go to my five closest friend, buy some pizza and beer, and have the exact same thing for 30 bucks because of the relationship I had with them. Mm-hmm. And it says, by connecting and communicating, you create trust where difficult conversations become easy and crazy self-talk goes away. How does that work where, where trust creates this atmosphere where you can you can be a lot more freer to speak, I think, is what you're can saying. You, you can be freer to speak and you can be honest. If they don't trust you honest. and you don't have a relationship with them. If I walked up to somebody and said, you know, you're... Uh, let's see these kids that you and probably won't put this in the book because those kids they have their pants halfway down and tell them they look like yeah. a bunch of idiots and pull your pants up. They don't know who I am. They're not going to listen to me. But if it's my next door neighbor and he came up that way and I said that to him, he'd probably listen to me because I know him. He trusts me. He values my opinion. Right. I think you know, that's both next, ways as a boss and the employee. The next thing you have is a story with an acquisition director, and the most important thing was about people dressing up with jackets and ties, and I'll find a way to insert that story. But it starts off, you know, that bullet on the outline with sometimes people just don't get it. Why do you think they don't get it? Because they don't enhance their minds. They're stuck in their own little worlds. They don't realize that there's a whole universe of of science out there and intellect and people and ways to get better. Mm-hmm. And if somebody happens to be reading this book that doesn't get it, what would you do to kind of shake them by the shoulders and say, wake up? They don't, well, they wouldn't be reading it because those who don't get it don't read books. Yeah, true. Um, I wonder what, with a hell was that People dress. I don't know. Hell of acquisition director. That's a. I think there's a typo there. Right. Or the people who are reading the book. How do they get through to the person who doesn't get it? They have you know, to engage the them. I mean, they take the IHOP to do the beer thing or whatever they can do to connect with the person. Right. Right. So. Um, Okay. The people that don't get it don't focus on what matters. In this example, I think I was over at uh, Aerospace Corporation in Los Angeles. Yeah. And they were so focused on dress code than really the environment. And you, you've seen businesses these days. Nobody wears suits and ties anymore. Women aren't sure. worried to, required to wear blouses and skirts and four-inch heels. Heels, yeah. So... I, but they're so stuck on that because that worked in the 60s. And nobody wants to challenge the the culture, but the culture's changed and they've maintained that culture. Mm-hmm. My husband used to work in aerospace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at any rate, but I mean, he was in that 
culture where the with the you know the button down shirt and the tie and the dress shoes and the whole thing you know for many years so yeah. anyway what that's do you Walmart think those, I'm sorry could you repeat that that was Walmart when it first went there in 1997 all system managers wear ties and then at the headquarters all men wore ties unless it, that was unless also IB that was also IBM it was yeah. like you wore a navy blue suit and a red tie. Yep. Right. Why do you think that like hurts companies now? Because people don't see the value in it. It's how you. It, it's not how you dress that really determines if you're successful. It's the value that you add. And I guess so many people just don't dress up anymore, and they create great value. Look at. Zuckerberg. And poor guy has like 15 hoodies of the same color and white t-shirts or gray t-shirts. Right. Do you think um, that aerospace company you were at, um, do you think it's an environment of sanity or insanity? Insanity. It's a horrible place. Everybody hates the cafeteria. Well, they, they hate the cafeteria so much when I went there and I said, let's go to the cafeteria. They said, no, it's so bad and they go buy you food. And then when I looked at their vending machine, and we were talking about benefits and the increased amount of diabetes, you could see a, a water was costing, I think it was like two bucks. Actually, I have it in here somewhere, what it cost. And then a soda was 75 cents or a buck. And I said, why don't you switch that around? Charge two bucks for a soda and a buck for water. Mm-hmm. Or give water away for free. Right, right. And what do you think was the like the the thing you noticed most that made that um, aerospace organization like insane? It was cold. All the walls were white. There was really no individuality throughout the organization. It was very quiet. You could tell people didn't want to be there. And then when 4:30 came around, everybody rushed out. Like rushed to the parking lot. Yeah, 4:30 came around. I saw a ton of people just dart for the door, get up, shut everything down. Right, right. I think that, that yeah. might be another reason for the close is companies these days, they now expect you to work longer hours and do more things. So you're, when I was at Slayer, I left at 6 or 7 o'clock. I don't wear a shirt and a tie until 6 or 7 o'clock from 7 in the morning. Right. comfortable. Right. Did you ever see that movie Joe and the Volcano? I did not. I've heard of it. Oh, yeah, it's an early Tom Hanks movie with uh, Megan Ryan, I think, Megan. <laughs> anyway, he was with her in a couple movies. But anyway, he works in like this horrible, horrible, horrible atmosphere, you know. But anyway, and everybody plodding to work through a parking lot full of mud in the morning and then everybody rushing for the doors at the end of the day. It just made <laughs> me think of that when you said that. So. Anyway, um, your outline says saying employees are your best asset is like saying liquid is the best quencher of thirst. Would you drink gasoline? It's a liquid. Are insane employees an asset? Maybe if you're studying what not to do. A true statement is sane employees are your best asset. You know. So talk more about like how do you find sane employees and how do you reward them when you find them? The sane employees are the ones who are making the business better through not just their work, but through assisting other people, either by creating the right environment, 
uh, inspiring people, growing people, helping others out. There's a lot of, not a lot, but there's a fair amount of insane people who everybody avoids, wonders why they haven't been fired yet. Don't do their jobs, brings the environment down. And for your ideal reader who is like this kind of senior management person who might not have a whole lot of conversations with those, it's like do the stories float up or how do they find out who's insane and adding value and inspiring others and who's insane and like why hasn't that person been fired yet? Well, they're going to have to talk to their people, which is a good start, even though they're a head honcho, they can avoid everybody. Okay. And their people are straight up with them? If, he has that, if, if he or she, the leader, has the environment where they have their open communication, the honesty, transparency, then there should be no problem. So a rela- that relationship of trust is essential to knowing who's sane and who's insane. That's correct. Mm-hmm. But if you have the trust and transparency, then it becomes a sane environment. People know how to. I think people go from being insane to being sane. And it's, right. it's like it's like trust. You flip a switch. Yeah, they trust you or they don't trust you. Am I going to act this way or not act this way? It's it's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. I just remember years ago, you know, being in the corporate world and it just seemed like, you know, people were backstabbing other people and stuff like that. And, man, you know, and it was like I was just trying to stay out of the way of all of it, you know, Mm -hmm. right? And yet it was kind of like management didn't seem to care. Yep. Some management thrives on that. I know. Tony thrives on drama. He wants to be in the middle of it. He wants people to come talk to him about other people and how bad they're doing so that he can step in and be the hero. So is that Tony Aquila from the YouTube video? Yeah, that's him. I kind of think Trump is like that too. Oh, Trump. Trump Trump is an example of what managers should do. Okay. The the whole thing where he's, he's yelling at his direct reports on Twitter. On how they're making bad decisions. Those are behind door conversations. It's not right. for the rest of the world to hear. Right, right, right. So, how do sane employees become your best asset? How do they become? I guess these hard questions. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we're writing a book here, Chris. You know. I, I, I mean, just heard you, that you know part what? Out. You know what? You know what pops out at me is you're not saying the people who are the most highly skilled are your best asset. You're saying the ones who no. get along and they're kind of like the lubricants between everybody, those are the best asset. Yeah, highly skilled people can be insane also. I've met a lot of those. Exactly. People have the, they have great skill set. They know all their stuff, but they piss everybody off. I've seen those right. people get fired. Your best salesman right. who puts everybody down, bye-bye. Right. Or, you know, the, the salesmen that are the um, sexual harassment, you know, they're bugging all the admin assistants, all the women. Uh, yeah. So. I don't know if that still happens these days. I haven't seen that uh, ever, actually. But right. Um, it might. I know in the, the old movie Nine to Five, they, they bring a lot of that out. Right. Well, it's an old movie from like the 1980s, 
you know. I just, you know, you see these headlines in the news, like Fox News, you know, the, you know, the the sexual harassment that goes on there, and it's a corporation, right? So I, I think, oh, it must still happen in some places, but, you know, you would think after what twenty twenty five years since laws have been passed, it wouldn't happen. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I agree. It, it's, it shouldn't happen, and I, I. I don't know at what extent it happened. Somebody say an off-color joke that they thought was funny with somebody who they thought they trusted and the person became insane and ratted on them. I think that most guys don't say inappropriate things to females unless the female opened the door with a different joke that came prior to the one that they told them. Right, right. What do I know? Well, yeah, sometimes people just need to lighten up. Like if a guy says, gee, you look pretty today, you know, it's like it's not meant to harass. So anyway, yeah. um, the next thing you have here is it says intestinal fortitude is not an organ, you know, and most people call that, you know, like you have a gut sense, like it, it has something to do with your stomach, right? So um, yeah. it's something required to create sanity. So really what no. you're talking about is courage. Yeah. I encourage you to stop being insane. Remember, only 1% of the people are reading these studies. That's 1% needs to go in and stop this stuff. Right. But tell me, like, how does the the person reading this book sort of suck it up and have that intestinal fortitude to create sanity? They have to leave the facts, start with the facts, start with the studies, and bring it into the environment, talk to the bosses, talk to the employees. If they're not going to read, you need to read to them. Really tell them about it. Try new things. And you have an example down here. It says direct conversations with no sugar coating. That's correct. So if you've got that trust, you can have these direct conversations. What's working, what's not working. What's kind of interesting with, with like changing stuff, after years ago when I started this whole thing as a director at Advanced Idle Parts, I would read a book, and then I'd start implementing some of the stuff I read in the book, and people thought, wow, you're a genius, and it really wasn't me. It was these books. The first thing that I, that I read was with uh, Randy Pennington's Results Rule. So I kept telling him, focus on results, focus on results. Oh, go ahead. Give me an Go ahead. Oh, you said go ahead. Your turn. Okay. <laughs> okay. So give me an example of how a direct conversation like that might go without sugarcoating. Without sugarcoating? All right. Well, you're uh, saying no sugarcoating, so. <laughs> I don't believe so. Yeah. Okay. So without sugarcoating, first of all, let's define sugarcoating. It's called the shit sandwich. I think that can even tell Carnegie, you say something positive, then say the negative, then say the positive. And then it right. ends up, they listen to the positive, they ignore the negative, and they listen to the positive. So they right. never change their ways. And, and I, learned they that when I, took, I learned that when I took Dale Carnegie many years ago. It's like positive, positive, negative, positive. It's called constructive criticism. But the thing is, construct means to build, criticize means to tear down. Why would you build somebody up only to tear them down? and then build them up again. It, it makes no sense. They don't listen to you. So when you have this direct conversation, you just focus on the criticism. Talk about the criticism. Find a way around the criticism. Get things better. And then leave. And you're done. 
and then if you're going to compliment somebody or build them up, then you do that in a separate section. If if you did the Dale Carnegie thing, people are afraid to come to your office. They're like, oh, he's going to say something nice to me, but then he's going to tell me he did something wrong. Why do I want to go to the principal's office? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to mention Dale Carnegie in there? No. <laughs> poor, poor guy's been beat up so many times. Okay. All right. Poor guy's been beat up so many Okay. But, you know, I mean, a lot of people have taken that training and, and sort of learned that style, you know. And uh, what you're saying is people kind of ignore the negative and they hear the one positive thing. Yeah, one of the two positives. I, I love the colors in your presentation. But your spelling sucks. However, I do like the design. So the color is the same, the design is the same, and they never spell check. Right, right. Okay. Um, having a purpose in your work, even if it's in only in your mind, maintains your sanity. All right. So for people working in the corporate world, how do they create a, a purpose that has meaning for them? they got to define what they're supposed to do to add value. What's your purpose there? If you're not bringing in enough money to the company to cover your salary, then you shouldn't be employed. They should hire somebody cheaper. Right. Right. How do people create a purpose in their mind, though? How do they create a... I don't know. I guess they... Another book well, question, I right? mean, it sounds like it's 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 you know kind of like what we talked about in the previous chapter. It's about making a decision. It is, yeah. It's, so I talked to you about my thing: uh, protect actually results in timeliness. That's my purpose. To, to Say it again. Your purpose is what? Part protect the data. Mm-hmm. Which also protects the CEO, protects the company, protects the employee. So what protects it for? Accuracy of the data, and accuracy of the projects. R stood mm-hmm. for results. Everything was linked to results, and T was timely. That was my purpose. Everything came in timely. It was better to be late and accurate than on time and wrong. So that's why timely was last. It just conveniently spelled parts. And I also worked at Advanced Auto Parts, so it kind of worked pretty well. So that was your part in the organization. That was, and, and it became part of the vernacular for the whole team. I was like, what part are you on? Are you done your part? No. Did you finish every part of the project? And then when you said part, everybody said click, protect, actually results, timeliness. Right, right. So it sounds, seems like a good acronym we could use in this chapter. You could, yes. Yeah. Good. Say so we figured it out. You figured we it out. The, so. We used the other acronym in the previous chapter, the SERV one. Right. Which stood for, we're actually today at 2 o'clock, we're going to introduce this to the whole culture and tell them everything has to change. And SERV for this company, which is Henry Investment Group, deals for secure, engage, results, vision, expand. So secure, protect company assets, company and customer data, relationships, and deliver accuracy. Engage stands for participate with all levels of the organization through idea creation, direct feedback, taking ownership, and all things around you, and being adept to change. Results is link your activities to producing better results, welcoming challenges, and developing yourself. Vision, challenge all levels of the company, including the CEO, about the future direction of the company. 
and expand as continue to develop yourself and increase your knowledge, skills, service levels, and earnings. And I will email this too if you want it. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. That would be great. So um, one of the first things you shared with me, um, um, you know, when we were at the very beginning of this process, is you had like this written stuff about how a couple of the really top level of the people in the organization saw that acronym SERVE, you know. So you were able to kind of like get them on the same page so that they're singing in tune? No, that's today. So SERVE was the uh, founder's wife, Pauline, loves the word SERVE and believes in serving people. So we, we made the word SERVE specific to this organization and what's important to them. Right. Now the CEO, the head of HR, the president of business development, and myself have worked on this. And they're all like, yeah, we, get, we need to be able to do this. So today at 2 o'clock, they're about to get in line and tell everybody the company, or at least at the headquarters here, this is what serve means, and we're going to release it to the other 300 people. Right. Good. Well, we always, you'll, you'll know how it goes. Do you think part of the reason for sort of rolling this out today has to do with um, reducing insanity and inhumanity yes. in the organization? Correct. It's it's pretty specific on on how you need to act. This is and this this is the edict and and how we how we just what's our chapter name? Let's see. This might actually fit in this chapter too. This is definition, right? Yes, this defines what the sanity is of the organization, and you can call people out if somebody's going behind your back or behind somebody else's back complaining about it. They need to tell the person to go directly to the source. The CEO is going to tell them that today because he's tired of everybody walking around talking about each other. It's such a waste of time. Right. right. I'm not going to put this in the book, but do you think women are worse at that than men are? I think I think, I think women I, are more I do, correct about personally. it. I, I think women are worse about that than men are. I think women are are more direct about or more like vocal and open talking about it. Men, we just do it at the urinals. We sit, sit there and talk to each other, and <laughs> the, the women can never hear us. And we use, yeah, we use a lot more profanity than women do. Yeah, I think because women are more social, it's like they talk, 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 but they talk to the wrong person. Yeah. I think guys are – we have our, our group of guys. So there's, there's four guys here. And actually, one one got fired, but we call them the four horsemen. When I came in, because the CEO, after we said, what do you observe? Is you get four horsemen over there. They go to lunch every day, and then they come back and snicker and go back to their desk. But they sit there back talking to each other about other employees instead of going directly to the employee. And it kind of became comical. One got fired, one leaving, one got demoted, and mm-hmm. the other one's just kind of sitting there. So right. it, doesn't, it doesn't help to be in that, that clique of people who are just going to badmouth the badmouth. You'll get fired, demoted, or you'll quit. And how how long do you think it takes for you know something new that's being presented like serve to have an impact and affect you know increase the level of sanity and humanity and maybe increase the bottom line as well? It, it can immediately change the way because you're telling people from your CEO level. This is what's expected. This is how I want you to run the company. If they don't do it, which will will happen here, I'm sure there's going to be somebody who's going to refuse to do it. 
he's going to make the position say, you don't belong in this culture. You're, you're not part of it. You're not part of the surf culture. Thank you for for helping. Happy to go. Once that happens, yeah. everybody knows that he's serious about it. If they're not serious about it, it's like kids. If, if you yell at them, I'm going to take your iPad away, but you never take the iPad away, it's fruitless. Right, right, right. So um, the last thing you have here on the outline, it says, if today was insane, life always offers a sane option. It's called tomorrow. So that's like having that endless optimism that things will get better. Yeah, so you, you, you can, if things are wrong today, try something new. I saw that quote from, I mean, it didn't say that, but it says, uh, life always provides a second chance. It's called tomorrow. I think I read that somewhere. Right. Um, I, what just popped into my brain is that quote by Albert Einstein, and it said, insanity is doing the way you've always done things and expecting a different result. Yep. Right? That so is true. So now it's like with this particular company, you know, things are going to be shook up, and they're not doing things the way they always done done them, so they should get some different results. I would think so. There's another quote, so I can find it. Your email uh, just for serve just came through. Here. Do you like the Einstein quote, or? Again, I've used it a ton of times. It's popular. It's good to have like quotes that people don't recognize, you know. But then sometimes it's good to have familiar ones too. How do you spell Gaius? How do I spell what? Gaius, I think, was the philosopher's name from early millennium one. Say say it one more time. How do you spell Gaius? I think his name was Guy. And who who is he? Oh. Uh, I'll tell you in a second if I can find it. Oh, there it is. Gaia, Gaia G-A-I-U-S. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's like G-A-I-A or something like that. There's always a question, did he say this? But it says, we trained hard, but it seemed that every time we were beginning to form his teams, we would be reorganized. I was learned later in life that we tend to meet any new situation by reorganizing, and the wonderful method it can be for creating the illusion of progress while producing confusion, inefficiency, and demoralization. Wow. Okay. And why do you like that quote? Because it just it, they haven't they haven't identified what the purpose is. Well, once you identify part, you know what you're supposed to do. You don't do reorganize. As long as people are doing their part, it things flow. If you don't fit on the team and they're insane, get rid of them. Right, right. So, closing thoughts on sanity and insanity in the workplace. Closing thoughts. Um, sanity is a lot safer, a lot less turnover, a lot True. better results. Mm-hmm. And sanity, high turnover, lower results. Not always safe. Yeah, really, really. So, anyway, how do you think? Um, I, I don't know if you want to include this in this chapter or not, but I'm just wondering if there's anything you want to say about sort of like screening for sanity when hiring. Screening for sanity when hiring. 
Like, how can you, know, you tell? Actually, there, there, is, there is one question I, I've always asked people, and then unfortunately they work for me before I get to ask them, but I wish they could have hired them and asked this. I always ask them about their previous bosses, what they liked, what they didn't like, and if they would work with them again. And if the person, like this lady Bonnie who worked for me at Advanced Auto Park, she went through all her bosses that she's ever had, and she hated them all. If, Not a if good she bet. hates all her, what's that? Not a good bet. Yeah, well, yeah, she's going to dislike every boss. Why is she going to like you? You know what? Mm-hmm. She, she definitely has an insanity issue going on. Because how can you just like so many people? Right. Right. Yeah, there you go. So, good. Good, good. Well, thank you very much for this. I appreciate it. And I know um, I will be working on uh, Chapter 3 that you read on your phone late last night. I'll be working on, you know, kind of fine-tuning things and everything. And also, I appreciate you sending me that definition of serve because I'll um, include it more in that chapter. Um, And anyway, we're moving forward. All right, cool. Awesome. All right, cool. Are you still in Mexico? What's that? Are you still in Mexico? Yes, I'm in Mexico. We're moving to a different place today um, for just one more week. And then we come home on Monday the 7th. So I wanted to reschedule, uh, or not reschedule, I want to schedule our meeting for next week, um, Mm -hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday of next week. Chair, one works for you. Um, Thursday or Friday works better, like in the morning when we normally meet. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. And That's you good. like, like, um, what if we did say ten o'clock your time, which would be eight o'clock for me? That's fine. That works. Is that okay? Yep. Okay. All right. Good. 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 Anything else I should know about you know the project or thoughts you're having or anything? No, no, yeah, it'll be interesting how it comes out. I think after you write your draft, and I'll adjust it as needed. Do you think is that how it works? Okay, yeah, yeah. I wanna, I wanna fine tune a little bit. I mostly sent it to you late last night because I, you know, I didn't want you to think, gee, she said she'd have a chapter to me, and you know, it's like it's not done, obviously, but at least you know you can see things are, things are moving forward. So correct. Alrighty. That's the fun. All right, okay. I'll talk to you later. All right, have a good day. Are you going to be one of the people presenting serve at two o'clock this afternoon? No, I'm not, I'm keeping my mouth shut. So I told the HR guy and the CEO that since I'm leaving the company, you don't want me to present it because then they'll look at me as a leader, and I'm not the leader. You guys are the leader. Right. So I've been coaching the HR guy and helping him practice his speech. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool beans. Well, anyway, I'll look forward to hearing how it goes next week. All right. I'll talk to you later. Have a day. Okay. Take care. Have a great weekend or week. Yeah. So. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye.
Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.